Hi, this is the Hearsay Podcast. My name is Saya and this is episode number 49. I'm recording this intro on the 12th of March 2020 uh, and the world is just feeling a little bit upside down at the moment. So I thought I'd put out a little podcast, no virus talk except for that little bit, uh, and maybe it'll make you smile or distract you for a minute. Um, That's my hope. So moving right along, my guest today is Andrew Felkus, aka Falco from the bands McCluskey and Future of the Left. Falco made a bit of time for me before the McCluskey show at the zoo in Brisbane a little while back. We recorded this interview at our friend's studio next door called Tim Guitars. For those of you who don't know, Tim makes his own guitars and pedals and they're incredible. So if you feel like checking out his shop, you can search Tim with a Y Guitars. Um, This isn't a sponsorship. He's just my friend and everyone should go visit his shop if they're in Brisbane and they like guitars. Um, Thank you for letting us record in your studio, Tim. Right before the interview, someone actually came into our room to check on us and said he loved the podcast, which wasn't planned and it was extremely lovely. So I've left it in because it was kind of perfect timing Um, because that's what you want, someone to say they love the podcast right when you've sat someone down to start. Um, Falco Strange Show Experience, one of, he tells several, was illustrated by Murdoch Stafford. Um, Murdoch is a Brisbane legend artist and does amazing work. You can see his stuff on Instagram at Murdoch Stafford. It's Murdoch with a C-H. Um, and there's also a link to his shop on there as well. So go check it out. He's amazing. Thank you, Murdoch. As always, you can find illustrations on the Hearsay podcast Instagram or the Hearsay Facebook page. Also, I'm always looking for artists to do illustrations. So if you are keen, drop me a line uh, on one of the social media things. I always love hearing from you. Um, Here we go. Here's a podcast number 49, Andrew Falcus. Oh, no, we're, we're in here. Okay. We're holding the fort. Yeah. So yeah, worries. Right? Say yeah, yeah. I love your podcast. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> no, no worries. Thank you, mate. I paid that guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love your podcast. Yeah. That couldn't have been timed better, really. It couldn't. Hey, um, I really appreciate you making time to no worries. do this podcast. When there's time, there's time. And when there's not time, there's not time. That's so the... you're my second person from Wales. I realise you're not actually from yeah. Wales, but you have I lived a in Wales Welsh for a long time. <laughs> I, I don't. I have a com- but I have a combination of accents. Depending okay. on who I'm talking to, my accent is either a little bit Geordie or a little bit Irish, which is ridiculous because my family are authentically Irish as most American Irish people right. or Welsh because I, I lived there for so long. Um, right. So, yeah, it is all over the place. But I'm still going to pretend that you're from Wales. Perfect. No worries. <laughs> I mean, that's what it says in, you know, yeah. when, when you talk about McCluskey and Future of the Left. It's a Welsh band. Welsh band. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's absolutely. It, it, it's whatever it needs to be to give right. it a to give it a narrative, a, 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 like a vague identity. I have read an interview with you that you say the term origin story makes your blood boil. And mm. that's normally how I start my podcast. It's, so. ex- it's just extra unnecessary content, isn't it? Right. Origin story should be there in the story. You know, it, sh- sure. it should be, uh, 
it, it should be a part of the the general the general narrative. Origin story is just a lazy way to do an extra film usually. I I know what you mean. Um, so I, I'm not going to go, what's your origin story? I'm going to say, I'm really interested to know what music you were listening to as a kid. Well, both my parents were music teachers. So as a result, I wasn't interested in music. At all. Uh, you know, I was made to play the violin. I did a thing called the Suzuki method, which is kind of learning by ear. Mm-hmm. Um, so never did any like official grades or whatever, but um, kind of enjoyed it. It, me and my, my brother was especially made to do it. My brother, to say my brother wasn't a willing student of anything would be an understatement. Um, I mean, my dad was uh, like a, a like a pro-am opera singer. Wow. My mother um, played piano for like school concerts and stuff. And, you know, like anything your parents are into, you usually have an aversion Absolutely. towards. Because when you're a little kid, your parents are sad. Yes. You know, I, I definitely don't have that perspective on my parents now, but yeah. it's natural almost. If you're too if you're too infatuated with your parents, then there's probably a, a problem. Some problems, yeah. um, And like my dad, like maybe the only... My mother always loved the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel, you know, your standard 60s fare as well. And my dad liked the Moody Blues, who are still to me a ridiculous band, <laughs> um, in, the, in the good and in the bad ways. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't really start listening to what you might loosely call popular music until I was probably 13 and then... It was Queen, really. I loved, Queen. I loved Queen. Yeah, that Queen. Was it. And and from that point on, the bands I like, apart from kind of a brief foray into metal, which you know is synonymous with being a virgin. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, Queen, I, I I love Queen to this day, but for Queen, I'm really talking between the first Queen album and. Uh, I forget the exact order, but Queen, Queen 2, uh, Day of the Races, especially Sheer Heart Attack, which yeah. is just one of the greatest albums ever recorded. It's top five for me. News of the World, kind of all the way up to Hot Space, which is, I don't understand what, <laughs> what that's meant to be. Um, what about that the opera thing that uh, Freddie Mercury recorded? Did you get into what, that? What, with Montserrat yeah. Caballé? Uh, it's not for me. Barcelona. There's Barcelona. nothing, even though my father liked opera, there's nothing, actually there is worse, a worse thing than opera to me, there's acid jazz. <laughs> uh, that's the only I kind of... I don't even know what acid jazz well, is. Well, your, let your innocence be your shield. <laughs> don't uh, don't, inv- don't investigate that any further. So Queen, yeah, were the first one. And then, you know, it was, this was like 89, 90, there was brief... Uh, beef forays, like I said, into Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. or Def Leppard, yes. and then some metal like Metallica and, yeah. and, and Slayer and stuff. And then it was hearing bands like Soundgarden and Nirvana and Mud Honey. And then yeah. it was taking, I'm not sure if that's a left turn, it's more inclining left, isn't it? Sure. <laughs> uh, what my friends growing up would have called student music. Yes. So a bit more intelligent. Yeah, I mean, although intelligence is very much in the mind of the beholder, isn't uh, it? Yeah, but I guess so. but certainly for certainly certainly that would have been the pose yes. more intelligent, a little bit more considered, you okay. know, a little bit less, uh, a little bit less. Get your tits out, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, I, I suppose, uh, maybe get maybe your tits the out well, g- I get your hear tits more out, about stroke that. Dungeons. <laughs> well, let's face it, Motley Crue's raison oh, d'etre yeah. wasn't to. Uh, yeah. Wasn't too uh, 
elevate the IQ of their audience, was it? I, it was to I know wear, what you mean. It was to wear skin-tight trousers and come on people. So, yes, it definitely yeah, was. Very much their scene, <laughs> whilst playing very bad music. <laughs> maybe maybe that would be more of a, a path to follow if the music accompanying, accompanying it hadn't been so bad. But Yeah, um, I agree. I can't sing a single Motley Crue song. Uh, I, Motley Crue for me, it's, you know, it's just aggressive dating it's not it's it not, is it's not actual i had to review well i say i had to review i i got paid to review the motley crew film the oh dirt, the dirt, i haven't seen it dirt. well you can watch it it's possible that yes, you can watch it one can i see would it. i would suggest that your time would probably be better spent doing anything else and from so then you on you know it? oh you know yeah <laughs> but did you read the book yeah, I read it. Actually, I read, quite like the, the book. I read the book. No, I just wanted them. You know, the the sensation I had years ago watching something like Jackass, which is television not designed for me. Yeah, is that basically the people involved are just the school bullies? Okay, effectively. Yeah, and I just pray for one of them to be seriously hurt. <laughs> and that and that. But feeling that way doesn't make me feel very good about no, myself. No, it's a horrible thought. No, it's it's not as horrible as the people involved, though, I would say. <laughs> For me, there's there are certain things I find funny. For example, I, I don't know if you've seen the British... TV program, the thick of it. Yeah, that could have been. Written. I love that. That could show. have been written for me. Yeah, that is so much up my street. Yeah, it, it's living next door to me. Yeah, uh, Jackass is something I had a, a visceral reaction to not. Well, liking. yeah, it. You know, there's something to be said for people falling over and, and no, doing. Th- no, there is, but there's something for me. There was more of a maliciousness to it. Yeah, right. Which um, th- there's one thing laughing at one of your friends falling over and then all moving on and doing something else. Yes. There's another thing in, in pointing and oh no look a dwarf oh yeah yeah you know, okay um, I know yeah. what you mean you, you yeah. know for me there's a yeah. I I don't know I'm I'm a big fan of bullying the bullies yes they're the people I want to bullies hence the yes. the talking on yes. the stage and everything so can we talk about that so I I've seen I've seen you play in McCluskey and Future of the Left many many times and I always look forward to the music and the comedy <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I feel like you're one of the people that I think about when people talk about good stage banter. Do you ever think about what you're going to say? Do you ever, does it just come out? Are you just a funny person? Well, sometimes, <laughs> no, I'm less funny in person, definitely, because I'm not as confident in person. Sure. Being funny is all about uh, confidence and, yeah. and all about being confident in the moment. Mm-hmm. And on stage, I'm very confident, although not always confident. You know, there, there might be a day or a crowd where, frankly, you can't get a word in edgeways. Sure. And there's there's uh, one thing I've learned over the years is that there's kind of ideal size crowds to talk to. And the ideal is about 300 to 350 people because you can manage it. Usually there's only one or two talk, people talking at the same time. Yeah. Whereas, say, as fantastic as the Melbourne show was the other day, altogether you're talking 800 people. Yes. You can't really, for a start, in a room that big, not everybody's going to hear what you say because because of the acoustics. Uh, or you might be talking to somebody at the front and what a crucial part of that interaction and everybody else enjoying it is somebody enjoying the other part. You know, they've got to hear the thing that you're responding to. Absolutely. And if they can't, it's a, there's just this disembodied comment which in yeah. and of itself isn't funny. So a bigger show is less about the talking. Yes. By, not necessarily by design, but by 
knowing what works as a professional. Yes. Well, I find bigger shows, when I've played really big shows, it's you, you have almost zero connection to the crowd. You kind yeah. of have to... It's sort of like just you and the band against whatever wall is in front of you. To a degree. And again, you'll say something, say, in the other day, and you've got 50 different voices coming from yeah. the different places and, and really and asking them to take turns, which I kind of try and do, but yeah. it's, it's more just something I say as opposed to something I think will actually transpire. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, t- t- tonight is probably going to be about 500-ish people. Yeah. That will be quite difficult. Mm-hmm. And Brisbane crowds, how can I put this politely, <laughs> are not necessarily the best listeners <laughs> to talking. Sydney, for some reason, is great for this. Okay. Considering there's something about Sydney is, is great for the chat and the... The them being quiet when they need to be quiet and not being quiet when you don't want them to be quiet, especially the last two shows we've done in the uh, Oxford Art Factory, there's been something about the dynamic which has really worked, although maybe to the point of... We did actually have a conversation about that show saying, listen, it was good and it's been funny, but we do need to ratchet back the chat a little bit. <laughs> you know, it was maybe getting a bit much. You see, usually what happens is that on the first day of a tour... I'm, I don't really know what I'm saying. There'd usually be a format in... Uh, I usually try and have a good Eric Clapton and Metallica. They're, they're <laughs> two of the things I try and do. Very easy targets. Everybody sure. knows who, who those people are. Um, um, and for years, usually when the keyboard comes out in Future of the Left, mm-hmm. I'll explain to Metallica fans what a what a keyboard is, and then <laughs> and then appeal to anybody who's with a Metallica fan to help them get home safely. You know, on the <laughs> uh, point out what a bus is. So that, that there are those little, you know, standards, those little pillars that everything else is based around. But yeah. it's always best when it's not prepared. Yes. Because because then it makes me laugh as well. Sure. Say, yeah, that's the best know. kind of yeah. humor. You know, because that's what I want. Of course. And you know that whole thing, oh, we like it, and if anyone else likes it, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to say that, there's something wrong with you because absolutely, if this wasn't fun for us, we wouldn't be doing it. And yeah. if all 500 people tonight had a good time and I didn't, then it's Fuck been it. a bad night as far of as I'm course. concerned, you know. You, you don't give your whole life just to make other people happy. It's, about you. it's about you as of well. Of course it is. Of course it is. So you mentioned your um, keyboard in Future of the Left. Okay. I'm just going to go straight in. I'm so sorry. Straight, no, it's okay. <laughs> I have I was so excited when uh, I saw Future of the Left for the first time and you had a Juno 60 because mm. uh, I played Juno 60s live for mm. years. I have had terrible problems with my Juno okay. 60s live. It's too hot. I'm not working. It's yeah. too cold. I'm not working. Yeah, I'm not switching right. on today. Yeah. The pitch bend isn't working, <laughs> or it's changed its parameters of of bending. Uh, this note's dead all yeah. of a sudden. Mm-hmm. The, the preset isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. What a wanker it but is. But it's. I feel personally, I have a really soft spot for that synth. That's I think it gorgeous. still sounds fucking amazing. It's just got this low end oh, to it, which no the other sub oscillator. Someone's like, why don't you? Why don't you just get another keyboard yeah. and emulate it? You're like, yeah. all you are proving with that question is you don't know keyboards. It's the that the crispness of it, yeah. but also that the the that like low end throb, yeah. is it's, just amazing. It's heaven. Yeah. And I would even go as far as to say any other Junos aren't the same. Well, that's the thing. We don't have a sixty anymore. We just yeah. have a six. Yeah, which is you can get close to it, yeah. especially for live. I mean, frankly, you can add that little bit of low end mm-hmm. in the in the in the yeah. PA. Um but it's not as good. It's I can't a, afford a Juno different. sixty. They're like I mean 
the first Juno 60 we bought was maybe 400 quid. Yeah. But now even in, even in Britain, you'd be looking at a grand. Well, no. if you ever need to borrow one in Brisbane. Cool. I'm your, I've got How many some, do you have? I've got a couple. A couple? Yeah. My word. <laughs> You're like a you're like an arms dealer for broken <laughs> for broken keyboards. So what I what I really love about listening and and reading interviews with you is that you talk very honestly about what it's like making a living as a musician. Maybe and too honestly at the time where it seems like <laughs> a, no, honestly, sometimes I read interviews back and I think or see a bit and I'm like that comes across as a bit desperate and needy. You know, I don't I don't see it that way ever. But okay. I was wondering if you ever. Um, if you do ever think it's, you know, it's taking the veil off the, you know, I do the romanticism of being in a band. Not so much the romanticism. Sometimes I just worry that it makes me look a bit pathetic. No, um, never pathetic. But, but, but the romanticism, I mean, I don't really give a shit about the romanticism part of it. Yeah. I just don't like looking needy. I'm, mm. Again, I'm the kind of person who, if I, if, I'm, if I was having any mental health issues or whatever, I certainly wouldn't tell the world. Sure. I, I've, Are no, you? No, dis- no, no. <laughs> I'm, no disrespect to people who do, different people who... But you know what it's like? One person can say they're dealing with this online yeah. and you'll think, okay, they're dealing with this. Another person can use exactly the same words and because of what you know about that person, it can come across as performative. Yes. And you, we judge that individually. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, I, d- I do worry about that. Mentioning the money thing, sometimes it maybe comes across as, please give us money. But that's okay. I mean, I think it's good for people to think, well, I shouldn't be on the guest list for this. I should buy a ticket or maybe I'll buy a T-shirt for my girlfriend as well as a T-shirt for myself because it's helping the sure. band that I love. I get, yeah, I think it, it's, it has a value in terms of letting people know the reality of it yeah. I suppose but it's a question of keeping at it letting it know the reality rather than making it seem like it's a campaign yeah do you do things like you know stand at the merch desk after a show and no, I, well I don't because of my throat right like yeah. uh, if if I stand at the say the merch table after playing a show immediately after playing a show especially because yeah. obviously it, it tears my throat up singing like I do anyway yeah. Future the left, uh, the songs in general aren't as hard because there's more breaks, but there's more of them and they're uh, they're, they're harder in terms of concentration. Mm. With McCluskey, the set's a bit shorter. A bit, well, if we don't talk too much anyway. <laughs> um, but it, uh, there's there's hardly any breaks vocally. In fact, I just have to engineer breaks. Yeah. There's a few songs, like if you're familiar with them, That Man Will Not Hang Out is a Cowboy Killer. Yeah. I just leave gaps. Sure. Because I have to do it for my own sake. And in theory, it should be easier because in uh, Future the Left, in, in McCluskey, sorry, Damien sings five of the songs, so yeah. that's a quarter of the set. But I really do struggle. I, I really... My, my least favourite thing about touring is being constantly anxious about my throat mm. what do you um, do to do you do anything to protect it well i try not to drink very much i yeah. drink lots of water i keep sound checks to the absolute minimum i drink uh this herbal tea called throat coat mm-hmm. and i put in a little bit of manuka honey yeah. whether the manuka honey adds anything yeah, to the, who knows? the care who knows but yeah. it, it makes you feel as if it does yeah. and there's a actually a, a gargle that you can only get in australia called betadine Yes. sore throat gargle yeah that's and great it's, it's the best that. it's the best one mm. in the whole world and once actually at the corner i think it might have been the f- second corner show we ever did so like 2004 it saved the show amazing it's the kind of 
are the kind of thing where the first couple of times you use it, it has an almost miraculous effect yeah. on your on your vocal on your on your throat, but its effect dies. Like I suppose, like, like antibiotics, like yeah. like like smack, <laughs> yeah. like smack, or um, yeah, or 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 the work of uh, suede it becomes <laughs> it becomes a lot less it becomes a lot less effective as as you use it. So, um, do you stock up on it when you're in Australia? Yeah, I just yeah. Bought, today I just bought three three yeah. bottles, and last last year I bought two years ago I bought three bottles mm. and I didn't even use them. Oh, but good. with Julia, who's from Melbourne, yeah, uh, when she came over last November for her sister's 40th, I got her to buy me three bottles. Yeah. It was like, can I get you a present? You certainly can. <laughs> I will have the I will have the premix sore throat gargle, please. Because, thank you, darling. Yeah, thank you, darling. Oh, that would be wonderful. Would you like any touristy stuff? I would like the sore throat gargle. Thanks. Because um, it's important because it I do regard playing and touring I, you know I'm a professional when I'm doing that yeah even though you know the amount of money makes the term professional a bit moot it's um you're a <laughs> professional in terms of your own self-respect and your, yeah. your reputation more, more than anything and so can we talk about um your relationship with Australia so now you have an Australian wife and but now you, you have an Australian sounds like this, the end of a folk song <laughs> and, now and now you have an Australian <laughs> wife <laughs> <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Yeah. Um, is that a tragedy or not? I don't know. I think it's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a comedy too. Um, but you've you've been here a bunch. I mean, like I said before, I've seen you play here loads of times. Well, I think we worked out. It's the me and Jack worked out. It's the ninth tour yeah. we've done of Australia. Amazing. So. And you always come in the summer. I feel yeah. like I have this visceral memory of every time you're here. It's I'm like hallucinating from you know yeah, just I think the heat once, in the room. The second time with McCluskey was in like June or July, and um, once with Future the Left we came in like a it was for Golden Plains. Or oh something. yeah, so, I mean, was but that that's still February like, March. Yeah, that's still quite warm. <clears throat> um, so yeah, those. But generally speaking, well, a couple of times it's been for the Ashes. Yeah, right. Um, and other times. Recently, it's been so Julia can see her family over yes. Christmas, and it's nice to get some warm weather. Yeah. So, how do you, do you come here ever and not play shows? That's never happened. Never. No. I'd be bored going somewhere without playing shows. Yeah. So I, you never I love, travel you know, without shows. Uh, we've had a couple of. I I didn't take a hol. I took one holiday with um an ex when I was thirty two. I went to Genoa. For four days, it was fine. I had ice cream <laughs> for five days or something, but I, I fucked my back on the first day. Oh, no. and I spent a day and a half in hospital. Oh, Let Jesus. me tell you, Italian hospitals, wow. I was there for a day and it came out and they said, You have a bad back. <laughs> $20,000. Yeah, no, it was it was it was no money. That would have been the the final insult. Oh no, that's awful. But, um, so you don't have a good relationship with taking uh, taking it easy in another country. No, you you get you get into it. We went to Portugal this um summer uh, and we went to Portugal about 3 years ago as well, but we tend to just do 5 days. I mean, mm. Julia's always busy. Yeah. The idea of taking like a week out of her life would be ludicrous. What does she do apart from play? She uh works for a music college in oh, right. in London called BIM, the British Institute of Modern Music okay. or whatever it is, yeah. Did, she's an incredible bass player. Oh, she's, she's fantastic. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And can we talk about Jack for a minute too? Of course I you can. 
I mentioned I've mentioned him a couple of times on this podcast as being one of the my favorite drummers to watch live. I think he's fantastic. I he think is he's incredible. He's because he's he's not just powerful. Uh, he's very tasteful. Really well. tasteful. He knows when to leave. Mm. You know, room I, for the song. Because I'm not a fan of cymbals and and hi hats. Okay. Don't like them. You don't like them because I don't like them because they're a cheap way of saying here's the chorus, <laughs> and I don't like them because they make mixing drums really fucking hard yeah, because sure. they're they're all over everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could record them separately. <clears throat> you can, but you're you're already in bad butchering <laughs> territory now. <laughs> we'll be playing to clicks next and doing things separately. Do you never play to click? There was one song on the last album which sounded better to a click called Running Which All Over the Wicket. It? Okay. Just had a th- kind of a throb to yeah. it. We tried it without a click and we're like, you know what? We think this song might need a click. Okay. Um, but in general, we try not to. Because Jack's pretty, pretty but Jack's spot pretty on. good, but also because Future the Left is a live band. Yeah. And the recordings are really presentations of live songs with a couple of exceptions. Yeah. Um, yeah, we try not to. It's not really in the spirit really of the band as well. I mean, nothing against people who do uh, use clicks, but to me, real rock music for me. I'm a total snob, but I keep it to myself. <laughs> the kind of rock music I like is would be very rarely recorded to a click. What, like, what do you mean? What bands? you know, the great bands, Gang Four, Fugazi, yeah. those bands. Sure, sure, they're sure. Going to play to a click. I feel like maybe Gang of Four has recorded to click. They have maybe, like some pop. Songs. Maybe are. I specifically mean entertainment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to be contrary. No, no, no. You, well, be contrary. I was. Yes, you, you didn't I'm mean so to be, sorry. but you were contrary. So uh, accept reality. <laughs> um, your second McCluskey, I always want to call it the first because it's the first one I heard. No, call it the first because as far as I'm concerned, it it's is the, the first. first. Yeah. Um, I feel like you took a lot of like Steve Albini's mic techniques uh, for the drums and and ran with it on your other records. I always uh, feel like your drums sound like they have a bit like a lot of room and yeah, not de- you know not not deliberately, but that was I suppose the kind of mindset or I, I would hesitate to use the term scene, but it's a shorthand. Yeah, That's, you know the kind of thing we were fans of, I suppose. So it sounds amazing. Mm. Oh, I feel we like it's a real them. sound. And Jack is a great player, and I mean Jack's very much a Tom drummer. That's the kind of stuff he plays um uh but yeah just drums which sound self-evidently good drums so which sound good. like drums and drums which uh you don't need to we never need to work on jack's drums very much we just yeah. record them and go well that's the drums <laughs> he's, he's superb jack if he was more careerist and worked on his haircut a bit more maybe <laughs> he could have played with anybody big bands or whatever so yeah. I, I feel very lucky to have continued to to play with him after all these years yeah i mean you've been together for a really long time haven't you yeah like um about 17 oh so nice years or something yeah. when you write songs together what's the process do you i can't imagine you sitting at home with an acoustic guitar no, that's and only ever happened out. once actually the mccluskey song who you know all oh, right i basically wrote it on an acoustic guitar yeah. and brought it in and that was it but that never happens i mean because with an acoustic guitar you create your own percussion yes you know in, in yeah. the, well in a very real way not even in a sense um 
you just go into a room. I might have some ideas I tried at home. It's usually things I've sung into my phone, yeah, rather than an actual guitar part. So when and you sing stuff into your phone, do you have an? Do you can you imagine the the drums and the bass and stuff, or do you just sort of like uh, sing a riff? Yes, but I'm usually wrong. Okay, you know, it's usually a start point. Yeah, and then everybody plays, and we see what happens. You just, I just usually put my hand on the guitar and start, and we've got a little bit of a rule as well that. Uh, if I start playing, uh, you're not allowed to know what what key I'm playing in or or the first fret or anything, because if do you, you do it with your back to the band, well, you don't you don't necessarily need to. Though sometimes yeah. you do. You're like, no, 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 no cheating, <laughs> because if you can see what somebody else is playing and you know what tuning they're in, then you will automatically go to what you should be doing. Sure. And for me, I record everything because, and it's only recently I've actually been been able to. F uh, uh, what would be the best way to put it to uh, formalize exactly what this is. A lot of the really good ideas happen. And then what happens is your conscious, your, your conscious mind listens to what your subconscious mind has just come up with and it makes it normal. Mm -hmm. So it's all about capturing the idea before your conscious mind normalizes it. Amazing. So if you record everything and you can hear those little moments of creation and I'll do this little rhythmic thing with the with the vocal and that's the hook but then the second pass around I'll have made it more normal and I want the I want the spirit of the first thing. That sounds amazing. You know, but And it, how often does that work? I mean does that I near, can imagine ne nearly always. Okay. As long as you're recording. Yeah. It but it depends if you want something very normal sounding then that's then that's not for you but yeah. it's only recently that I've realized that that's exactly what it was so and that was a bit of a uh yeah two two years ago I was like oh right I see now that's what I'm doing and, and that's what I'm doing but I can see that I'm just instinctively doing a thing and the thing you instinctively do certainly for me as a musician is nearly always the best thing yeah um but the key skill as a musician is to listen and it's to listen to other people. And luckily, Jack, Julia, and a lot of other people I've been in bands with, um, uh, Jimmy, uh, we, we haven't really written with Damien, so I can't really speak for Damien, but he's a great musician. Mm. Uh, they don't have uh, too much ego to the point where I go, because the answer is nearly always take things out. Yeah. Jack will play something and I'll go, that's really good, but second Tom, take take that out. And he trusts me enough to know that if he does it, it'll probably be right. But we also have enough trust as well to know that if it's not right, then it's not like what I've suggested is law yeah, or something. So that's that's kind of how the relationship works. That's great. And it's nice to hear that you all have that trust that, you yeah. know, there's no there's no ego and there's no offence taken. I mean, taken. there obviously is ego and occasionally somebody's a bit wedded to a part and... And that's fine. And then it's my job to tell them how they're not wedded to them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that that's, uh, that's the way that you've deciphered, the way mm. that your brain works. Mm. Definitely with me, definitely. Is it true that you um, wrote eight songs called You Need Satan More Than He Needs You? Yeah. I mean, you know, certainly began, we, we'd get a verse chorus. And see, for me, writing a song which goes verse chorus is simple. I could do that. If you gave me four hours, I could give you seven songs. Yeah. But that's not that's not hard. The, the, the then what's difficult is to give it a trick to make that interesting. Yeah. And that's hard. The older I get, that gets harder. To make it interesting. Because I've done lots of tricks yes. already. 
and there's only so many out there. But finding new ones, that's the challenge. That song is, I mean, that's my favourite Future of the Less song. Right. Yeah, I love, I love that song. And it's probably not not just because it's the Juno song, but also just the lyrics and the timing of it. Mm. I, I always wonder how one comes up with timing like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like not in my DNA at all because I'm yeah. such a like 4-4 kind of person. But um, I find it fascinating. Like how, how do you come up with... I'm, you know, I don't even know what the fuck that timing is. Well, I don't know what time signatures are. <laughs> no, I don't um, really. Jack, Jack will tell us sometimes, and we go, oh, interesting, because drummer, drummers have to know more than sure. other musicians. This is sixteen seventeen. Yeah, and you're like, interesting. Is it good? <laughs> good. Can we play it? Yes. Great. Now we're going to do it. <laughs> Leave the mathematics to the math, math mathematicas. <laughs> I believe that's the technical term. Yeah, right? mathematics is definitely. So <laughs> you, you always write loudly. You never yeah, write quietly. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Um, now that you're a dad, mm. has ha, have you thought about how that changes? You know the way that you write songs. It just means you've got less time for it. And right. It puts more pressure. You have on to it. work in the gaps. Apart from that, there's no fundamental change provided by that. You know. Yeah. None, none at all. You're it's not just, suddenly going, I can't talk about Satan anymore. No, and no. If anything, she <laughs> needs to hear about Satan at the earliest, <laughs> at the earliest poss- possible juncture, you know, because uh, <laughs> Satan is out there. Satan is, <laughs> Satan is king, I suppose. I don't really know. Yeah, uh, I mean, Satan could be right here. Could be, yeah. So I could be Satan. <laughs> well, you, you know, S- Satan lives in many <laughs> bands. Just mostly successful ones. Yeah. Anybody who makes anybody go to an arena is Satan. You think? To drink that beer. What about Queen? And listen to... That's not Queen, though, is it? That should be Queen. Where McCluskey with one asterisk. That should be Queen with... I don't even know how many asterisks. Pretty much shift in all the keys on a keyboard. I need Paul Rogers and Queen, please. Yeah. But didn't they play arenas back in the day? Yeah, but, you know, there's an exception which proves every rule. It doesn't yeah, mean I true. wanted to see them in an arena. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to see anyone in an arena <sighs> ever. It's like a formula, isn't it? The 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 bigger the band, the worse the show. Because you can't hear, even if they are decent in their own comedic way, you can't yeah. hear anything. The 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 drinks cost a fortune. You get treated like a sheep. It costs so yeah. much money. No, no. I although last year I went to see Paul McCartney, right. and oh, I'm sorry that actually it was so good. Oh well, there we go. But someone in front of us, I was so my my friends and I went and um. We were singing that, and we got shushed. People in front of us turned around and and went. You shouldn't shush people for singing, talking. Yeah, Yeah, we were just singing along to Hey Jude. (laughs) Hey Jude, eight eight beers. Thought that was Megadeth. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of your characters in your songs. Sometimes to me, they sound like the same person. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm very. Are they kind of the same person? (laughs) Um, Not, you know, not deliberately. I. They, they tend to be like compounds because you, you never want somebody to go, was that me? Yeah. You know. Has um, anyone done that? You know, I'm not sure they have. I can't. I certainly can't recall an incident or maybe there was an incident and I had quite a bit to drink. <laughs> but no, I can't, I can't recall an actual moment. I mean, some of it's explicit, like you should be ashamed, Seamus. Seamus yeah. was the name of our former drummer's dad. Right. So you should be ashamed for having your son was what it was about. <laughs> but I mean, that started as it sounds more malicious than it is because that was a joke when he was in the band. Like, sure. you know, so. And it's a great sort of almost alliteration. Yes. Great lyric. Y- you should be ashamed. Yeah. And, it's, and it's 
one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Yeah, I feel like they're almost. It sounds like you're singing about one guy. Right. That's that could, a bit of you a know cunt. what that a little bit of a cunt. Yeah, <laughs> but has has placed themselves in a little bit of a different place in terms of the popular imagination. Yeah. yeah you know what? You are probably right. <laughs> but I, I want to know who it is. I can't. I can't. I can't fight that. It's probably true. <laughs> um. Look, I, I'm going to ask you my last question, which okay. is the question that I ask everyone. Right. Um, what is your strangest show experience? And keeping in mind that this is going to be drawn by someone. Drawn. I can't. I mean, there's just, there's lots of different, you know, there's, there's lots of different incidents. You know, the standard ones, like doing a show in, in Merthyr years ago where... I, I kept getting electrocuted and I got blown back past the... What? This was very early on, like knocked out, blown back past the drum kit and the guy from the venue went, oh, we get this all the time. <laughs> um, or there was the, the show in Toronto in this place called the Horseshoe Tavern where we were just relaxing after the show, sat in the dressing room and this very tall girl, goth girl came in and went, just really chirpily went, hey, any of you guys into anal? Like, <laughs> and, uh, and she, we just looked at her like... I'm like, I think you might have, you know, the wrong band. I mean, don't get me wrong. People in the band have had sexual relations with partners sure. and or, but it's definitely, if you saw our band and thought that was our focus, you've, <laughs> I don't know, this, something's gone wrong with your filter. And at the time it was our former drummer. I just said, oh, our, drummer's in the, our drummer's in the bathroom. <laughs> just, just, I don't know. I don't know what, trans I, I don't think anything transpired, thank God. But it, as an opening gambit, it was a bold one. <laughs> that is really you know? impressive. I've never really, but the next time we played in Toronto, and Toronto's such a polite place. I mean, Canadians are very polite yeah. people. They're like, um, you know, they're like, you know, they're like Kiwis with, with earning potential. <laughs> that, that was a deliberate, that was a deliberate joke. Thank you. Thank you for playing. Um, but um, I was packing up my gear and this guy came up and started telling me how he killed somebody. Whoa. And I just, I have a no mad people rule. Yes. Like mad people or crazy people, they're a drain. They make you worry about things. You just, in situations like that, that's why security were invented. Yeah. Come over here, get rid of this person. You never fucking talk to me again. Don't buy my records. Just, I mean, I, I genuinely don't think they did c kill somebody or he whatever. Just they attention. just started, they just, somebody just wants to freak you out, of course. What did he say? Like he, 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 he only got like two sentences oh, into it. I don't like, remember bye. the exact details. It was like, yeah. right, no, straight away, get the crazy person out. Holy no, no moly. time for you. If you want to be crazy with me, it's going to be a very short interaction. Yeah. I just don't, don't do weird or crazy or needy no. or violent or any of that stuff you're going home. Yeah, you know. I agree with that. But, you know, strangest show experiences? I mean, strangest. I mean, for me, the most horrible thing is when singers of other bands spit on the stage. Ugh. We like did, in support bands? Yeah. No. I, I, I won't name particular bands, but we filmed a show a few years ago, and what I had to do just before filming a show that I was very keyed up for is get down my hands and knees and dry the stage no. with a towel. It's like, that's, to say that... That's not cool would be an understatement. <laughs> Just spit in general is really well, yucky. You know, I when I run a play sport, occasionally there there comes a need to spit, but performative spitting is just an act of is is an act of pure knobbery, isn't it? Um, <laughs> There's a band in Australia called the Meanies that are right. incredible. Mm. 
and he um, he quite often will block one nostril right. and blow yeah. out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, sinus sinus issues. Yeah. I have sinus issues, so I find that incredibly disrespectful. <laughs> I need a safe space for my sinus issues. Thank you so much. And an egg intolerance. So doubtless oh. they doubtless they write songs about how much they love eggs and offend me even further. So you can um, have cake. Cake. Uh, well. I can have cake in moderation. It's more. Uh, this is very interesting for your podcast. <laughs> it's more. Uh, it's more mayonnaise or egg fried stuff. It turns out is an issue. Yeah. So once I've got the money together, I might have one of those fancy posh middle class allergy tests. Yeah. To find out have exactly why, I, rather than just throw up. Yes. You know. Uh, have a prick test just to see if you're a prick. Ah. Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of people would like to comment on that. I am sure. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't need a fucking prick test, I tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, particularly there's there's definitely a, a, a really good anecdote there that I I just quite can't quite call upon, like with a involving a thing with a thing. But I just can't. <laughs> That's totally I fine. Can't quite. I mean, playing with the Libertines years ago. Um, uh, we did. Uh, we early. It was early McCluskey. We did a. Uh, we went to Europe, and when we came back, we. We had like a day off and we did a show in a place called Harlow the Square which is a venue which has just closed down the last couple of years and uh, we uh, turned up and the promote and there was like a queue of kids around the block and we're like this definitely isn't for us <laughs> um, and the promoter said listen this band who are meant to be supporting just for this one show the Libertines they've been like on the cover of Enemy and stuff and <clears throat> they uh, is it okay if they're headline and we're like yeah of course because you don't want to play to nobody yeah that's right as it is we had a terrible show my amp blew up oh, that's no. not the point really not the point of the anecdote when we were sound checking uh we were sound checking with the song college and rock so one of those bands got paid i heard one of yeah. those bands got fake tits and while we sound checking this person and from the other band's dressing room but there were the smell of i know what weed smells like <laughs> um i not i don't know what smack smells like but neither do i i suspect there were smells going on, yeah. scents going on, which aren't your common garden yeah. band smells. Anyway, um, we were playing this song, and this person walked out of the dressing room, walked towards the stage, and stopped in front of the stage and looked up at me. And I just stopped and went, I'm sorry, can I help you? And the guy went, is that song about me? Whoa. Um, and I said, no, I'm sorry, I don't, don't know who you are. Because you wouldn't, unless no. you were at certainly at that stage. Yeah. And, you know... Your your listeners and yourself can put two and two together by who, yeah. who that may or may not have been. Whoa! Yeah, and then so. what? He just walked off. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's the end. <laughs> that's the end of the interaction. And now, are you? Do you think that song maybe is a little bit about him? No. <laughs> it's no. about that guy. It's about that guy you always talk about. <laughs> memorializing talentless cod poets <laughs> who are better clothes horses and takers of drugs and potential potential murderers than, Jesus uh, than musicians is not really something I'd like to do. No. And yeah. now I feel like I just need to ask you like one 19th, happy question. Like a nineteenth rate jam and I don't even <laughs> like the first rate jam. So I um I don't want to end on that note. I feel like that's a really sad No, note. that's happy. <laughs> Come on. You've we, you've you've heard the music before. Um, I just want to tell you one more thing. One of my really great friends, massive, massive McCluskey fan, and um, she said she wrote you a letter when McCluskey broke up, saying you've ruined my life. Do you right. remember getting that letter? I don't remember getting that letter. No, 
No. Did you feel like you ruined lives by breaking up? Hopefully. <laughs> no, I, I mean, don't. I don't think we ruined anybody's life. I, I think, think it's we... so nice though that people are so attached to your songs that you know they would be heartbroken for 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 you to for them to never hear them again. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's that kind of thing which makes my life, frankly, and makes makes it possible to come over here and, yeah. and do this. It's 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 wonderful. I think ruin my life is probably a little I on mean, the dramatic side. <laughs> is, is she prone to drama? No. She's not. She just really loved McLaughlin. Maybe she saved all her drama for that letter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I didn't read that letter. Um, I wonder who she sent it to. Yeah, I wonder too. I'm going to ask like, her. It's not like when a kid sends a letter to Santa Claus, the North Pole, <laughs> Andrew Fulkus, Wales. It's like, okay. It's not really on the, the famous person list. She she just loved your band beyond anything. Hmm. And um and so it's so nice that, that you know, you're playing these songs again, um, and that people get to hear them. Oh, it's amazing. I'm really excited about it. And it's just it's you know, apart from the toll it takes on my voice, it's a piece of piss as well. Yeah. It's so much fun and doing it with Damien. I mean Damien was a fan back in the oh. day. Um, but he's wonderful to be in a band with. He's a fantastic musician. And I always like to be in a band, although it's, this is never explicitly by design, with somebody who's a real physical presence and a great performer because I'm quite, partly by virtue of what I have to do on stage, but partly because of my personality. I'm not a physically very demonstrative person. I've always been quite shy in that regard. So it's great to have somebody who's... Who, who frankly is a bit more unbridled so yeah he's he's fantastic and obviously jack when yeah. i remember his i always forget i pretend to forget his name on stage <laughs> I'll, I'll do it tonight i call him susan usually <laughs> um but, but yeah it's 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 wonderful tim really wonderful. Uh, so our, our mutual friend tim from mm -hmm. tim's guitars where we're recording right now he was telling me that um Damien knows how to play guitar both right and left-handed. He does, yeah. Incredible. It, it is incredible. And he plays the bass upside down with the high That's string right. at the uh, top. That's right. And now all he has to do is come up with a monetizable skill. <laughs> I love it. Hey, uh, thank you so, so much no for worries. making the time. It was really nice to talk to you. My pleasure.